I recently read the story of a man named Brandon Watkins. He drives a Schwann's food truck uh, outside of the Louisville, Kentucky area every morning getting up about 2.30 to uh, begin his route and begin dropping off food. Several years ago, Brandon had been a student at Southern Seminary there in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, Throughout his high school and college years, he had traveled with an evangelist who went worldwide, and he was a singer uh, for this evangelistic team. And until about seven years ago, Brandon had been a worship pastor at a large and and growing church. He was married, had two girls, um, but he lost them, and he lost just about everything else in his life because of an addiction. While he was in high school, he, like so many other young men, began to look at pornography. And this began to, to, to grow in his life. As a Christian and as a traveling musician for an evangelist, he didn't want to admit that he had a problem. Um, he thought he could manage his sin. He would, he would keep it in certain boundaries. He would keep it under control. And, and this is what he thought. He thought, I really can't. This is going to be okay. I'm going to be able to, to work through this. Brandon didn't want to admit that, that he had some kind of a problem. At the height of his deception, um, he still thought that he could manage the double life of being a worship leader and a daily customer at a strip club. And he justified his actions by saying that God simply wasn't answering his prayers. And this is what he said his prayer was. His prayer was, God, if it's your will for me to stop going to the clubs, then take away my voice. That, that was his prayer. And so he told the students at Southern Seminary that he, that he was speaking to about how he came up with all kinds of crazy justifications for his sin and all the kinds of games that he played regarding his sin. Well, Brandon's singing voice stayed strong and his ministry within the church, it continued to flourish He kept right on living the darkness of a double life and what he believed was a secret sin until the bottom fell out. And again, he lost nearly everything. Now, your story, my story, may not be as dramatic as Brandon's, but every one of us understands the struggle of temptation and sin. Every one of us do, whether it's eating that one more brownie or getting in a certain situation and bending the truth just a little, right? Or whether it's an out-of-control anger that lashes out and wounds the people that we're around. We understand the temptation and the struggle with sin or whether it's drinking a little, And a little just turns into a little too much. Yeah, the struggle with sin, we all know it. Because in reality, every single one of us deal with this issue every day. How do we deal with temptation and how do we deal with sin? Well, this passage that we'll look at this morning will give us some some help as as we think about sin and temptation. We'll be in Matthew 6. We'll focus on uh, verse 13, but we'll begin reading in verse 9. You'll remember this is a part of the Lord's Prayer, probably better called the model prayer, in which Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. And so let's look together in verse 9. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now in this verse, we learn that we should pray for protection from temptation and sin. We should pray for protection from temptation and sin. Now, in the Lord's Prayer, up to this point, the prayer has been uh, Godward. The, the prayer begins by, by focusing on God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So, so Jesus teaches that when we pray, we ought to pray beginning by, by focusing on who God is and for praising him for, for who he is. And, and then the prayer continues. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. So, so these are prayers that God's purposes would be accomplished. And then suddenly, uh, the, the uh, prayer begins to look at physical needs. Verse 11, Lord, provide food. I need food. And so the Lord Jesus teaches that we ought to pray for our physical needs to be met. But then the attention moves to our spiritual needs. And a few weeks back, we talked about the fact that, that we should pray for, uh, to, for forgiveness for people, that, that we should uh, seek forgiveness from God and we should grant forgiveness to others. That's, that's a part of the Lord's prayer. And so that's a spiritual issue, our forgiveness before the Lord. And this morning, we're looking at another spiritual issue for moral strength in the face of sin and temptation. Now, the word for temptation here in verse 13 in the Greek can simply mean testing. It can just mean testing without the negative connotation that temptation has. However, in this context, the way that the Lord Jesus finished this verse, deliver us from the evil when it seems clear that the emphasis here is on the idea of Temptation. God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver uh, us from the evil one. Now, we know that God isn't going to literally lead us into temptation, like to try to trick us and say, hey, look at how good this would be. You should do it. God's not going to do that. Why? We, we know because of his character and who he is. And, and also in James chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 reminds us, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, but each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. So we can't say that God's going to tempt us. The the Bible clearly teaches God doesn't tempt. So what is Jesus saying? Lead us not into temptation? Well, he's basically saying, God, give me the kind of heart that I want to avoid even places that would be tempting. So he's saying, God, don't lead me into temptation, but God, please lead me away from it. I don't want to be in places that it would be easy to give in, it would be easy to sin and and to dishonor you. Now notice, we've noted all along the way that the Lord's prayer is in the plural. Lead us not into temptation. Why is it in the plural? Because believers are meant to be a part of a, a community of faith. Where, where we help each other, where we walk alongside each other. One of the, the elements of Baldy's testimony that, that you probably noted as, as well as me, that, that, that his church family was an important part of, uh, of his journey, and particularly in the hard days. And that's exactly what we see here. We see this emphasis even in the Lord's Prayer that, that we're supposed to band together. And, and our weaknesses, particularly in our weaknesses with temptation, other believers are going to be an incredible help along the way. That's what God's word teaches all throughout the New Testament. So Jesus says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Or some translations will say, deliver us from the evil one. It can be be translated either way. Deliver means save. God, save me from evil. I don't want to go that path. 
Save me from that. It points to our need for God's help and, and for God's rescue in, in the face of, of temptation, in the face of sin. Now, a few weeks back, we talked about verses 12 and verses 14 and 15. In verse 12, Jesus uh, prays for forgiveness of, of sins. And in the verses 14 and 15, he talks about uh, the need for forgiveness. So the fact that verse 13 here is sandwiched between this teaching about forgiveness may mean that Jesus had forgiveness and unforgiveness in view to, to deal with, with those who are struggling with, with bitterness, for example. But what we see in this prayer is that a heart that longs for God and a heart that despises sin is going to want to avoid sin at all costs. And it's even going to want to avoid places, situations that would, that would lead them into temptation. So as we think about this prayer, what can we learn from this prayer? First, this prayer reminds us that God is holy. This prayer reminds us that God is holy. In fact, 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 says this, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. So when we read this prayer, we recognize something about the character of God. He He's not playing games. He's, he's completely pure. It's something like this. Suppose you were outside and you were hot and, and you wanted something to drink and you, you come in, you get a glass out of the cabinet, you put some ice in it, you, you pour some cold water in that glass, and then suddenly a fly lands right in the middle of your cup of water. Well, you don't go ahead and drink it, do you? No, because you wanted a cup of pure water. Recognize that God's character is like that cup of pure water. To put a fly in it would be to compromise the, the nature of that water. It would be to compromise what that water is. It's no longer pure water. And God is like that. He's pure like that. He's holy like that. He can't accept sin. Well, guess what? This prayer also teaches us that every one of us uh, is, is a sinner. It teaches us that, that every one of us, we're sinful. So how do sinful people get in a relationship with a God who's pure and holy without God's very character being compromised like the fly landing in the glass of water. How? Well, what God did is he sent his own son. Jesus came to this earth and he lived a perfect life on our behalf and he was nailed to the cross. He took the punishment, the penalty for the sin that I deserve and that you deserve upon himself. And so now a God who's completely pure Think that glass of water, completely pure, can receive people like you and me who are sinful. Why? Because his righteous wrath was poured out upon his own son. Take that in for a second. That's really good news. That's good news that people who are sinful and broken like you and me, we can know a God who's perfect and holy. We can, we can be a friend of God. We can, we can know him. So this prayer reminds us that God is holy. And second, as I mentioned a moment ago, this prayer reminds us that we are sinful. In fact, Jeremiah 17, 9 says of a heart that, that doesn't belong to Christ, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Romans 3, 11 and 12, no one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together, they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. What is the point of these verses? 
that no matter how much we want to look at ourselves and say, you know what, I'm pretty good. And all of us, for the most part, have a natural tendency to do that. These verses remind us, in reality, every one of us is a broken sinner. That, that, that's what God's word clearly teaches. It teaches us that, that we need God, that, that we need to be in relationship with him. That 19th century evangelist, D.L. Moody, said this, I've had more trouble with myself than with any other man I've ever met. I've had more trouble with myself than with any other man I've ever met. Do you get it? Because when you want to walk with the Lord and you want to please Him and love Him, you find that your flesh kind of wants to go its own way, kind of wants to do its own thing. It's the sinful nature that, that marks us. It's kind of like this when you want, a, you, want a, you want a yard that looks good. And so you, you prepare the soil, you plant the seed, you begin to water it. But next thing you know, you planted grass seed. But what else starts coming up? Well, weeds do, don't they? And what do you got to do? You got to deal with those weeds because you're not going to have a yard with just grass. There's always going to be a weed popping up here or there. And our lives are like that. Sin is always going to pop up in our lives here or there. Why? Because we're sinful by nature. It's, it's a reality. So this prayer reminds us that we're sinful. But third, this prayer reminds us that we have an enemy, that we have an enemy. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So now, if we want to walk with the Lord, we need to realize that there's somebody who's after us. That the evil one wants to, to pull us away from God. That he wants, to, he wants to get us to go on a different path. And he's tricky and, and cunning. In fact, you could say that, that the devil, that sin, is a little bit like walking into a fun house. Uh, you remember in, in a carnival or an amusement park. Where you look in a mirror and, and you look really, really skinny, which would be nice sometimes, right? Or you look in a mirror and it expands you, not, not so much. But, or, or it makes you look kind of all swirly. Or I remember one that I went in when I was a kid back in uh, Six Flags at Dallas. You were, were actually walking at an angle down, but because they had all the effects set up, it felt like everything was going up. It was a strange sensation. And sin is like that. It, it tricks us. It makes us think one thing is true when really something else is altogether true. It makes us think that what we're doing and, and this temptation is going to be so good. It's going to be so fantastic. And then in reality, it's not like that at all because we have an enemy who seeks to trick us, who seeks to play games with us. Now, I want to say a word to those of you who are teenagers and, and older elementary students, especially this morning. One of the ways that Satan really seeks to come after you at, at your age is through your friends. You see, a friend will say, hey, hey, let's do this. It's no big deal. Let's do it. Let's do it. And you look, and it looks so good. Yeah, that is a great idea. Hey, listen, if it's something that God says not to do, student, please hear me. You're in a... You're in a fun house. Things are distorted. It's not reality. So be careful of your friends. Teenagers, find friends who are going to help you follow Jesus, not friends that are going to pull you away. Satan's already after you. You don't want to give him any help. So listen to your parents. When your parents say to you, hey, listen, I don't feel good about you hanging around with him. 
I don't feel good about you hanging around with her. Recognize that's more than likely the, the hand of God, the good grace of God in your life. Your parent, your, the, the Lord using your parent to guide you, to help protect you. And if you fight against that, if you rebel against that, it'll be to your own harm. So, so Satan's always seeking to trick us. Another way that Satan tries to trick us today is, is through media. The music that we listen to, the things we watch, so much of this stuff is turned opposite of what God's Word says. It makes things that are evil and wicked look so glamorous and good. It makes things that, that will harm us and destroy us glimmer. So we need to be careful uh, about the media that we allow into our lives. And parents, I want to say a word to you. We've got to protect our kids. We have to. We have to protect them from, from, from what they're potentially could see online. They, they say that the average age of exposure to, to pornography now is around 11. That means little kids are looking at this stuff accidentally and coming across it. So, so parents, we need to put protections on our phones and tablets and computers, or we only need to let them use them when we're right there, those kinds of things. We need to protect our kids. If, if Jesus taught that we should pray that we might avoid temptation, God, deliver me from temptation, then surely we want to we put that in place in our kids' lives. So let's be really careful that we're protecting our kids, that we're setting the controls on the TV where, where when we're gone they can't put something on that, that's going to that's gonna be questionable. Those kinds of things have got to be dealt with as parents. It costs more money, takes more time. It's money well spent. It's time well invested. And if you go to our website uh, and click on resources, you can find online safety. You can find some tools there that, that will help you do just that. Also, let's just be honest. Uh, this, this could apply to some ladies, but, but to men especially. We need to be careful what we're looking at online. We need to be careful what, where, where we're going and, and what's, what's going on with our phones and our computers and things like that. We need to, to have filtering software and accountability and such as that. We need to be careful. That's a place where Satan will often come at a man. We, we need to, to be mindful of that. Um, th- those things need to be in place. And if we pretend like, you know what, oh, I, I'm, I've got my stuff together, that's a dangerous place to be because Satan is like a lion waiting for his prey, and he's tricky. And when we don't expect it, that's when he'll come at us. So, so we need to be wise and careful. Fourth, this prayer reminds us that God will help us in the face of temptation. We're not alone. God will help us. In fact, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. What does this passage teach us? It teaches us that God's going to be with us and he's going to help us to overcome and to escape. He's going to help us flee the temptation. God's with us in that. Sometimes we've thought of God as this cruel taskmaster. Get this right. Do that. Don't do this. Nothing could be further from the truth. God might be better compared to a, a coach with a coach who's a godly man or a godly woman whose desire is to see us grow. Think of a coach who, who pushes you, who challenges you, who, who encourages you, but at the same time doesn't, doesn't let what's wrong be okay. God, God is with us in that. 
like, like a coach who would be saying, hey, come on, you can do this. God's with us. He will help us. He will enable us as we seek him, as we, as we strive to walk in him. He'll enable us to get away from temptation. And we're going to fall some. Every one of us are going to fall some. But God will be our help. Please don't hear me say, grit your teeth and change. We can't change unless God enables us, unless the Spirit works in us and helps us to change. We can't do it on our own. But the good news is that God promises He will if we, if we seek Him. God does not promise that it will be an easy path, but He promises that He will be with us. So, what should we do as we reflect on, on this prayer? I want us to think for a moment about what Uh, what we should do, how we should change, or what things we can put in our lives to to help us in the face of temptation. Well, first, pray for deliverance from evil. Pray for deliverance from evil. Now, this leaves a question on the table. Do you really want to be free from sin? A lot of the times, we say we want to be free from sin. We say we want to change, but in reality, we really don't. We just kind of want to pretend Sometimes, sometimes we all do that. We, we need to be careful. We need to ask the Lord to, to search our hearts. So, so pray for, for deliverance from, from evil. Um, if you were out camping up in the mountains and out of nowhere, you were away from your tent, had your gun in your tent, whatever, but out, out of nowhere, a bear came up. And began to growl. Now, I know there are certain ways you're supposed to respond when a bear but, uh, comes after you. But let's suppose that you had just seen just a couple, uh, just a few minutes ago, a park ranger walking through the, the woods. And a bear was coming after you. You knew that ranger had a gun. What would you do? You're probably going to start screaming because you're hoping that ranger can get over there and, and help you in the face of this attack from this bear. You'd cry out. Well, I'm saying to you that God's word says we need to cry out for deliverance from our sin. So do you want to change? Do you want to, do you want to change in this area of your life where you, you seems like you just keep sinning, you keep sinning, you keep sinning? One of the things that you, that you need to do, that I need to do in the face of this sin, is we need to spend some good time in prayer crying out for deliverance. God, help me to stop this. God, help me to quit wanting that. So, so we need to cry out like, like you would cry out if a bear was coming. We need to have a, a passionate prayer with God. In fact, I think it'd be a good thing to do every morning when you wake up. Part of your prayer is to be, God, today, will you lead me not in the way of temptation? God, would you deliver me from the evil one? Help me to walk in the way that you want me to walk, in a way that, that pleases you and, and honors you. So, so we want to call out to God. Second, seek to avoid tempting situations. Seek to avoid tempting situations. Surely, if we're going to say this prayer, God, do not lead me into temptation, then surely we ourselves are going to try to avoid situations that we know are going to be tempting. Um, I was a youth pastor for a lot of years and worked with college students as well. And um, you know, I can sometimes the young men would say something like, well, I'm really struggling with purity. Oh, yeah, tell me more about it. Well, I went to my girlfriend's apartment. We were going to watch a movie there, and we were, uh, well, we were laying on the couch together. Next thing you know, we got tempted. This led to that. That led to this. Oh, you got tempted in that situation? Really? 
Well, if you hadn't gotten tempted, there'd probably be some other problem going on. We can't put ourselves in tempting situations. We, we, can't, we, can't, we can't go places that we know we're going to sin. So if you have a struggle with eating a little too much, something I could work on a bit, probably it's not good when you go to the grocery store to buy a couple of, of the big gallons or half gallons of the ice cream and put them in the freezer. There's a good chance if you do that, you're going to find yourself, well, what are you going to find? You're going to find yourself eating half that gallon if you're not careful. So you see, everybody's weakness is going to be different. But if you put yourself in a place of temptation, there's a good chance you're going to give in. So if we're praying that God will lead us not into, into temptation, surely we're going to do our part to try to avoid those places. We know that if we put ourselves in some situations, we'll give in. We're too weak. We know that. So we have to avoid them. We have to be mindful of that. So avoid tempting situations. Third, recognize just how deceptive sin can be. Recognize how deceptive sin can be. In Obadiah 3, uh, the prophet told the Edomites, the pride of your heart has deceived you. It's tricked you. And sin does that. It, It tricks us. In Luke 4.13, we see that the devil was tempting Jesus, and he left Jesus for a more opportune time. So the devil is always trying to trick us, always trying to play games. So, so we need to be very careful about that. Fourth, be aware of the danger of pride. Be aware of the danger of pride. In 1 Corinthians 10.12, the word says, Let anyone thinks that he stands, take heed, lest he fall. You see, most of us struggle to some degree or another with pride. We always pick people who, are, who we see as less than ourselves, and then we compare ourselves to those people. Look at how much better I am than them. And, and that's a proud heart. And a proud heart says, you know what? Every, this person, man, they need to get their stuff together, and that person needs to get their stuff together, but me, I'm doing all right. We need to be careful because pride, because sin is so deceptive, pride has a way of just completely blinding us. I'm susceptible, you're susceptible. It's a little bit like carbon monoxide. If, you're, if your furnace is, is, is leaking carbon monoxide or releasing carbon monoxide into your home, that's a gas that's odorless, that's colorless. And if you breathe that gas long enough, you'll die. And pride is a little bit like that. It's odorless. It's colorless. It may not be to all the people we're around. They, they may see it in our lives, but, but we often don't see it. But it destroys us, and it leads us down a dangerous path. So we ought to pray, God, help me to see my pride and help me to have a humble heart. That's a danger. Um, fifth, Get plugged into a church family. Get plugged into a church family. Galatians 6.1 says this, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Now, he's writing to the Galatians, and he's writing to the people of the church at Galatia. Why? Because as a church family, we have a responsibility to help each other. The Bible knows nothing of a Christian who's sort of out on his own, who doesn't connect and, and begin to, to, to be involved in a church family. That, that's not a biblical idea. And so here we see, once again, one of the ways God helps us avoid sin is, is through our brothers and sisters. So, so uh, get plugged into a church family. Six, more specifically, get a brother or sister who will walk with you, 
who will be by your side. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So what's this say? If you're struggling in a particular area, you need men to find another brother in Christ that you can be honest with and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Um, I'm struggling with that. Or, or ladies, you need to find another woman in Christ who you can pray with and who will check on you. Why? Be- because we need people to be by our side. It's like having a, a comrade in the midst of a battle. We need somebody there. Uh, God helps us when we are honest about our sins. Want to know the place where Satan loves to tear us up. If he can keep your struggles and your sins in the dark, that's the place he wants to keep them. And there he'll play games with your mind. He'll pull you all apart. He'll tear you up. He'll rip your, he'll rip your, your thinking and your thoughts and he'll pull you into worse and worse sin into a pit that's deeper and deeper. No, bring your sins out into the light. Confess your sins to another mature believer in Christ who can help you, who can walk with you. Will that fix everything? No, but it's an important step in breaking free from from sinful habits. Seventh, read and memorize God's word. Read and memorize the word. Psalm 119, 9 through 11 says, how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So if you really want to walk with the Lord, memorize the word. Maybe you struggle with with anger. Then memorize scriptures related to anger and and pray those scriptures. And James, James says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. God, help me to be slow to become angry. So, so we pray that as a prayer. We, we put that in our hearts. So, so, so we, we get the word in our hearts. And as we put the word in our hearts, then the word begins to change us. When you get into the word, the word will get into you and it will change you. Next, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. What does this mean? We want to keep striving, striving to become more and more perfect in Christ. Not that we'll ever get there. We won't. Every one of us, every one of us will drop the ball, but we want to keep going. You sin, you mess up, ask God to forgive you and keep going. Every one of us will will, will have to do that. It's a little bit like riding a bike or learning to, to rollerblade or learning to skate. It takes a lot of effort, but then eventually... You get it. And, and, and our growth in Christ is a little bit like that. Sometimes it's really tough. And if you're dealing with, with some kind of a, a challenge or an addiction or a, a really difficult habit, it may be really hard to work through that at first, but eventually God will help you. And sure, every now and then there will be a bump in the road, but, but you begin to change. God begins to sanctify you and to shape you and to change you. And that's how the Christian life is, is meant to be lived, that slowly, over time, we become more and more like Jesus. Uh, again, there are bumps along the way, but, but that shaping and changing is reality in Christ when we seek him. So some of you may be struggling with addictions. There, there may be some of you who are struggling with, with drinking or drugs or with porn, maybe even food. There can be all sorts of addictions. But if you belong 
to the Lord Jesus. Please hear me. He is with you on this. He wants to help you break free. He wants to help you get out of the darkness. He wants to help you find freedom and life. He's for you. Isn't that great news? He's he's there for you. That's why he sent his son to, to come and to die on the cross and to rescue you. So you could live trapped and and tied down by sin? No, so you could live free in him. So if you belong to him, he's with you, and by his strength, you can overcome this. You can on your own, but by his strength, you can. It may be a bloody battle, but if you'll make war with your sin as you seek him, you're going to overcome. You're going to overcome. God will help you. He's going to use people, so get some help along the way. Get some brothers and sisters in Christ along the way. I want you to imagine that it's July, about 109 degrees outside. You're driving south on 83, and there on the side of the road is a dead armadillo. You look at this thing. It's been there for a few days. Flies everywhere. The stench is strong. So let's suppose you take that armadillo, you put it up on a platter, put it in the back of your truck, go to HEB, get several canisters of cream cheese icing. Okay, now that goes back to another sin we talked about a moment ago. Anyways, okay, sorry. So you take that cream cheese icing and you just lather it over that roadkill armadillo. And when you're done, that roadkill armadillo looks like a delicious cake. We both know that if you take a little taste, it's going to taste good. It's going to taste really good. That is a picture of sin. That's a picture of sin. It's really good at first. It's fun to say those things you shouldn't have said. It's fun to think those things that are mean and wicked about somebody. It's fun to look at that or this, to kind of go there or there. But the little taste is never enough. So you take that little taste. Now, if you knew what was in there, I know you really wouldn't do it. But we do it with sin all the time. And then you take a bite. And if you swallow that, you're going to find yourself sick, flat out sick. You see, that's what sin does to us. We take a taste and it's sweet. But we're never satisfied. We've got to keep going a little more and a little more. And it ruins us. It destroys us. It harms us. Brothers and sisters, God doesn't want that for you or for me. He wants to give us freedom in him. So I plead with you today, if there's a place in your life where you're kind of going the wrong way, where you're, you're stepping out of bounds, I'm pleading with you, let's come home. Find a brother or sister in Christ. Confess it before the Lord. Let's get on the right path. Let, let, let's get things right. And if you're here this morning and you've never come to know the Lord Jesus, maybe you've heard about him, you've, you've been to church a few times, maybe you went to church as a kid, you never came to know Jesus. Listen, the reality is you can be free from sin because of the blood of the Lord Jesus. That's the reality. So if you don't know the Lord this morning, I invite you, come. Come and receive forgiveness and life and hope and freedom. What incredible good news. Join me in prayer.